what do I define about growing up? You know what I'm saying? Like, feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was, when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, you know, respond. Are you kidding me? Who are you rooting for tonight? I'm rooting for, um, everybody black. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everybody, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkingSpill.com. And this is a special episode because we've got something special coming up, aka the spring equinox. I believe I'm saying that right. It's not a spring solstice, but a spring equinox. We're going to talk about this in a minute, what the difference is, because you know, I don't know. Um, But I'm excited about this guest. You know, I've had some people in my time as an entrepreneur who have come across my path and entered my realm in different ways. And some of them have really been incredible beacons of light and just immense supporters, like for literally no reason. And it always blows my mind. And I've actually met, I know two people I can say off the top of my head who were complete strangers, who I feel really supported me and just rooted for me in ways that I feel like people who I know personally, who I've known for decades have not. And this guest is actually one of those people. So I'm really excited to have Miss Tanisha L. Watson on the show today. Um, If you have your phone out, I would recommend it, or at least go to the show notes because I want to make sure you get her IG page correct. Um, So if you're in Instagram right now, you're going to go in and do a search and you're going to type the dot over.ambitious.1 on Instagram and follow her. Um, I, she actually has two Instagram accounts. I will put them both in the show notes, but I want to make sure you all are following her because she's incredible. And I love her IG lives. I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't even know how we got connected. We'll have to talk about it. But Tanisha is somebody who I just, I really feel is a fantastic point of reference for a lot of things when it comes to getting, you know, spiritual readings done, tapping into this side of yourself that maybe you don't talk about or tune into enough. Um, she's really into genealogy. Spirituality obviously is her jam, but underneath that umbrella is a lot of different things. You know, we've got Reiki, we've got tarot, we've got astrology, we've got everything, everything that kind of falls under that, right? The ancestors and and what that means. And on top of this, right, she's really into research. She loves travel and, you know, animal lovers, mom, and just a phenomenal friend. So I'm excited to have Tanisha on the show. We're going to talk about, you know, what's going on this season, right? As we walk into Q2 of 2021 and what it means and just a little bit about astrology. I actually did a reading with her maybe a month ago and it was incredible. So if you guys haven't done a reading in a while, if you don't even know what that looks like, we'll talk about it, but definitely make sure you're following her um, so that you can learn more. All right, cool. I'm ready. Tanisha, thank you for being on the show and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Finally, I get to sit and chop it up with you and talk about all these things that we love to talk about. (laughs) Yes. So tell everybody if they can't tell from your accent, where are you from? Ah, loaded question. Coming right out the bat with it. Um, I am a Jersey girl, actually. I was born and raised in Jersey City, New Jersey. I've been here from the womb. Um, Yeah, my... uh, Lineage, though, is extensive. I have roots in South Carolina. I have roots in Alabama. I have roots in Georgia. I have roots in Barbados, which I just recently found out. Um, But yeah, 
Jersey girl through and through. I love it. I love it. Those, you know, it's the New Jersey, it's the New York accents for me that are just, they're so dynamic and to the point, and they come with this energy that's just really fierce, in my opinion. I, I'm obsessed with accents just in general. I always have been, but I love a New England accent. So I'm definitely excited to hear that. And I know we've got some people from the East Coast who are going to hear it and be like, yes, because I've talked to people from all over the place, actually, but I haven't talked to anybody from New Jersey or New York in a while. So we appreciate you being here. But I want to get into some of these terms because I feel like a lot of people don't know what tarot means, what esoteric means, what divination means, um, what genealogy might mean. Like, can you just give us a rundown of what some of these terms mean? Um, first thing I want to start with is genealogy, actually, because it ties into all of these modalities. Um, genealogy is the research of who you are your birthright, your lineage, you know, who your your parents are, who your grandparents are, who your great-grandparents are, and so on and so on and so on. Um, it's your historical blueprint, simply put. Um, and that can look like a lot of different things when you get into the research of it or when you add the genetic leg of genealogy. Because um, you can do it two ways. You can do it written with the research and you can do it through DNA. I've done both and I've made some amazing breakthroughs. Um, tying that in with tarot and um, esoterics is a school of knowledge. It's not anything that, like let's say for instance, Starbucks. <laughs> Let me relate it to Starbucks. There's a school of knowledge with Starbucks. You know, how you go in, how you approach the counter, how you decide what you want to order, how you place your order, how you like your coffee, two pumps, one squirt, esoterics and tarot can be breaking, broken down to that. Um, it comes with a combination of symbology, imagery. It comes with a combination of signs and analogies. Um, Adding the point of divination with it, divination, if you break it down, the etymology of it is a ritual practice. What is a ritual practice? A routine, a daily routine. Brushing your teeth, in my view as a spiritualist, is an act of divination. Eating breakfast is an act of divination. What are these things that you implement on a daily basis that cultivate a better you? What are these things that you enact? On a regular basis, your, your meditation, your prayer, your morning routine, your nighttime routine, hair brushing. In my view as a spiritualist, from someone that educates on it, those are how you can relate to what the more spiritual side of divination is. Um, add crystals, add candles, add herbs. It's a, it's a culmination of all of those things. Um, yeah. And, and with tarot, if you're into imagery, if you love to look at intricate art, Van Gogh, Picasso, Basquiat, their work can be transcended into tarot, visionary, visuals. And you can take the things that they've made with their artistic mind and make a knowledge base from them. That's what tarot is about. Depending on what deck you're using, I use a multitude of them. 
one of my favorite ones to use, and I'm probably going to get some backlash for saying this, is the Aleister Crowley deck because it gives you the ancient Egyptian imagery. And we all know how extensive the history of ancient Egypt is. So, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, those are these are important words. And a lot of those words are, I mean, they're fairly loaded, right? They they have, obviously, they mean different things to different people. But for the most part, I just wanted to make sure people understood what essentially what we're going to be talking about under the spirituality umbrella. Um, I do want to ask you about how you got into that. And we'll get into the spring equinox conversation too, because I do want to ask for a definition for that. Um, but I want to get into like, how you got into this just from the jump? Like, has this always been a thing or did you do a reading once? or Did you meet somebody somewhere? Like how did this kind of blossom and then develop over time? So for me, the spiritual aspect of it started for me when I was very young. I had my first premonition when I was 10. Um, first premonition was seeing my father go through the process of dying. 10-year-old, a dream like that would scare the heck out of you, right? Just to dream it would scare the heck out of you. But then to see the dream come into fruition, I probably had this dream probably the summer of 1988. Summer of 1988, my dad passed in the the fall of 1988. That's my first roundabout with being different, (laughs) being unclear, having... uh, lucid dreams that come into fruition that was my first experience I've always been into imagery one of the first images that I was able to meditate on I saw it in in a history book it was my grandmother's one of my grandmother's history books she was major in African-American history so we go to her house and she would have everything all of her over her house about African American everything. And I come across this book with ancient Egyptian imagery in it. And I fell in love with the imagery of the temple of Dendera, right? And that was my first functioning as a kid, like a little nerdy kid flipping through a history book, looking at this temple. And I'm like, what did they do there? What? What? It, why is it in a history book? Why is it related? Why is it in an African American history book? And that's where it started. And I and I've loved it. I've been into it ever since. Um, adding to that, I would say because the spiritual aspect wasn't nurtured, I was raised in a in a Pentecostal household. <laughs> My grandmother was raised Pentecostal, and my father's. Uh, mother was Baptist. That spirituality, if it didn't come from Jesus, it was the devil giving it to you. And I didn't, I knew at a young age that that wasn't something I wanted to, that wasn't a signing signing sheet I wanted to check in on. (laughs) So I started at a young age with crystals. I would get, my birthstones are amethyst and garnet. I would get them as, as jewelry gifts and they were my lucky charms. That's really where the whole bit of adding the crystals and, and the tumbled stones and, and like the chakra energy came in. I'm like, yeah, I got a red stone. I think 
I'm carrying around an eye of Horus on my chest because I got a garnet around my neck that my grandmother gave me. Everyone's looking at me like, first of all, you're too young to even be talking like that. <laughs> what do you even know about the eye of Horus? What do you know about, you know, what do you know about that? And when adults would give me the opportunity to speak on what I knew, I was proud of myself for even being able to give them something that they didn't expect me to have. And a major part of it is hugely innate to me. There's some times where I know things and I don't even know how I know them. But that's, you know, that's the ancestral function of it. The ancestral functioning of spirituality. Um, but yeah, I, when I became an adult and I was able to start buying my own things with my own money, I would buy books. I would buy uh, talismans when I wanted uh, the Nefertiti earrings. That, that's a way to wear your spirituality. We were doing it for years in the 90s, in the 80s and the 90s and didn't realize. <laughs> it started out very young, very, very young. And I'm, it's been with me ever since. So interesting. And I think, you know, little kids are, are really tapped into things or tapped into things and tuned into things too. And it's interesting because at least I think it's interesting because a lot of times I think a lot of folks who end up having these gifts do have them as kids. Um, but I often think that either memory or it being kind of silenced or, um, you know what I mean, certain circumstances, maybe deflecting away from it, it keeps people from being able to kind of go down that path. It's also not super common. And so a lot of times people want to fit in. They don't want to necessarily have certain gifts. It happens all the time. A lot of yeah. time, I think we run away from the things that are meant to make us stand out. Um, but I think that's really interesting that you had that dream that summer and then it kind of happened. I feel like I have deja vu quite a lot. And now I'm like, wait a minute, is that even really deja vu anymore? Or is this shit something deeper than that? Um, because I, I feel regularly, I'm not even going to say semi-regularly. I feel regularly like I either will have a dream or a meditation or whatever you call it, some sort of a vision. Let's just call it that, a vision. I'll have some kind of a vision of sorts and it'll it'll happen in real life. And I'll be like, whoa, I this is deja vu. Like this shit has happened already or I've seen this happen already. And I, I tell my sister all the time um, that I'm like, bro, this has happened. And it'll be like the most random stuff. Um, it happened recently. And uh, I think I was on a Zoom call today. Literally, I was on a, I was at a meeting this morning with some guys from like Nebraska, Omaha. Like it was fucking random. And I'm on this call and I literally had deja vu. And I'm like, why? Of all the moments, like why this one? Um, and just, you know, the, the power of dreams and what that looks like and what that means and uh, being able to sort of use those visions and those moments to to gain clarity or insight or information or whatever. Um, I think it's really interesting. I definitely think it's really interesting. And I've, you as well, me as well. I, when I was a kid, was obsessed with like gems and stones and rocks and marbles. When I tell you obsessed, like my mom wouldn't let me have marbles because she was afraid that like we were going to swallow them. And I was the oldest of four. So like, you know, I couldn't do stuff if it was going to affect the younger girls. So I did not have marbles forever, ever, ever, ever. <laughs> ever. Cause my youngest sister is 12 years younger than me. So by the time I was old enough, you know what I mean? Like to get, it was too late. I didn't want marbles anymore. I wanted other things like bras and chapstick and lipstick and CDs and whatever else. Right. When I was 12, the power of stones and gems, it's so interesting. So I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm definitely down to talk about that more. 
Um, and then the deck too that you talked about, right? The the tarot deck that you like. There's so many different decks out there. And I know that there's a lot of people who like certain ones for certain reasons. You know, it's like anything else in the world. We all have our go-tos, our favorites, et cetera. Um, one of my really good friends, her birthday was actually on Sunday, Brittany, Brittany Addison uh, Preston. She, um, she's got a lot of decks that I really love. Like she has like a Beyonce one and just like, I had never seen ones that featured black women before. And so when I saw her decks, I was like, whoa, this is kind of dope. Um, and it made me want to look into that too. But I definitely want to talk a little bit about what your readings look like for people who are like, well, like, I just want to have a conversation. Like, I just want to, I just want to talk about stuff and see about stuff and learn about stuff. I might want to book a reading. And so if, if somebody is like, I've never had a reading before, can you just walk them through what that might look like, what that might feature, uh, what they could expect? One of the main things that I wanted to address when I came into this publicly um, was to educate. I'm not one of those diviners that is charging you the amount of your utility bill per month to book a reading with me because I want to educate you on the imagery. I want to educate you on the numerology. I want to educate you on the traditional meaning of the particular tarot cards that might come out or the particular um, oracle cards that might come out or the particular numerology card that might come out during our readings. As someone that has firsthand had a reading with me, they can be pretty lengthy because it's literally a conversational class. And this is something when I was looking for an elder, to read for me or to divine for me, it it just was not there, okay? You're going to get a 30-minute reading for $150, and I'm not, I'm going to just read the basic tenets, the keywords from what comes in the tarot book or what comes in the oracle book. That wasn't fitting for me. I know that my grandmother had this gift to read for people and to, to divine for people and give numbers, right? My grandmother had this amazing ability to tell you a number, tell you about a number, give you the history of the number, and then she would end the conversation where you should go put that number through the the picket. Put it in the picket and and circle back to me if it comes out. And she, she, my grandmother had a gift for this, so much so that when she was passing, I didn't know what I was doing and I was asking for her gifts. A heavy thing. And I have the ability to do what she did with numbers. In my readings, you can do one of two things. We can have a spiritual conversation where it's just a kickback between you and I. And as we're talking, I'm pulling as the things that you want clarity on because I'm not a fortune teller. I want to make that abundantly clear. I'm not a fortune teller. (laughs) You're not going to come out of a reading with me and hit the mega millions. You might, but that's not the crux of the reading. You're coming for clarity. My readings are meant to affirm where you are and confirm where you're going based on whatever is going on currently in your life or what needs to come up as shadow work that you need to address. Um, so you can have a spiritual conversation where it's just a kickback. Those usually run a little longer than an hour or it could be a channel message. A channel message is where I use no divination. And I'm just giving you the downloads as they come into me as a message for you with the particular thing you're trying to work on in your life. Um, I have 
maybe a handful of clients that always want to book a channeled message because they just don't want the divination. They don't want to use the tools. But then I have some people that they want the educational bit. They don't want to go into a reading feeling like, well, Tanisha, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, what do you mean the hangman is upside down on a St. Andrew's cross and I need to just chill and observe? They want to know what that means. And I love being able to break it down as it pertains to their current situation. Um, I make it abundantly clear that I don't do health readings and I don't do relationship readings. No, sis, not during this reading. We're not going to worry about your twin flame. (laughs) We're not. This reading is for you. If your relationship comes up and if there are some things that need to be addressed and looked at, we're going to suss it out. But I'm not in the business of reading anyone else's energy if I don't have their permission. I don't know what that person has going on in their life. And I don't know if I want their karmic residue rubbing off on me. If you want them read, bring them into your reading. <laughs> um, so yeah, with, with the spiritual conversation, I open up with an affirmation, which which could be your word for the month or word for the quarter. Um, Then I segue into the numerology bit where we'll get into essentially your life path number and what are the particulars of the numbers that come out, not just the numbers, but the colors. Um, You can relate. A lot of the numerology relates to the color wheel and the seven chakra bodies. So we're going we're gonna to run through that. Um, and then we're going to get into a, an ancestral aspect of the reading. What do your ancestors have to say to you at this time? What do your ancestors want, to, want you to know at this time? It's usually nine times out of 10, something they've already been trying to show you. But in your subconscious mind, you can't get a hold of yourself to sit down for five minutes to say, okay, (laughs) I'm getting a message from somewhere. I don't really know what it is. That bit of the reading is what your elders and your ancestors want you to try to focus on. So you don't have to repeat a pattern or go through another cycle. And then we jump into the tarot. I personally am the type of reader that I don't want you to ever feel like you feel shortchanged. I'm not going to tell you no BS during the reading. If it comes out that there's third party energy around you. It doesn't have to always be indicative to a romantic relationship. It could be something going on within your business. It could be a tower moment that you need to dismantle with work. It could be a heads up that there's some issues going on with one of your children. But during the readings, we have to sit with what comes out and be honest and accountable with ourselves about what comes out. I've had many people ask me, well, how am I supposed to know that what you're telling me is true? All you, the reason you're coming to me for a reason, the reading already says to me that you have a question. And so if you take accountability for what you're coming to ask within the reading, no matter what it is, no matter how big or small, um, you're going to see things unfold, whether it be two days, whether it be two weeks, could be two months. I've had people who I've read for that have had things take two years to come into fruition. And I think that's awesome. 
but they stayed the course and, and took the accountability of, hey, Tanisha, remember that first reading you did for me back in 2019 when you said this was going to go down at my job? Sis, it happened. Like, they did this, they did that, and you told me to lawyer up. It's powerful. It's powerful because I'm teaching you about something you probably initially didn't even believe in when you came into the reading space. And now you're a believer. That's, that's the part of the reading. That's the part of the energy exchange during a spiritual conversation or a channel message that I love. You leave your session educated and with the knowledge you need to move forward. Wow. Yeah. And I, I did a reading and that's exactly essentially what happened. And it was interesting because I, I think, you know, there's a lot to learn. This is something that most of us are not privy to or have extensive backgrounds in whatever. Um, but I think it's nice to go through these different areas because you really do cover a lot. Um, I've had readings kind of all over the country and I've never had one like yours. I really, really recommend it to folks just to try it. Um, there is typically a question and it doesn't, you know, questions range, right? There's always a range. You've seen people interview folks. Like there's always a range from like a simple question to a way more in-depth question. And it depends on who you're asking and why you're, you know what I mean? Like it depends on, on a couple of factors. Um, it's, a, it's, it's one of those things where bring your questions, bring an open mind, bring a book, take notes. I took notes during our call. Um, and I just think it's interesting and being open-minded, right? Being open to the journey. I got into this and I was like, okay, astrology I've known about since I was a kid, right? We had, you know, the mood rings and, and all of this, and then the horoscopes we would check in the magazines. And that's kind of how I started with astrology, you know, specifically, but then it kind of grew and it grew into more. And it's like, okay, well, astrology has been around for a really long time. So like, I get that some people aren't quote unquote into it, but for as long as it's been around, it's got that that's got to say something. And so for me, that was enough to validate it, right? Because it's 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 like up there with the Bible and like eating healthy and whatever. It's like these are things I've been hearing since like I could hear things, you know, but <laughs> it just seems like it's rooted in something that's been there for a really long time. So astrology and all of this color therapy, aromatherapy, it's it's just when you kind of open your mind, you have so much that there is out there to explore. Um, and I have friends, right? I'm in the yoga community and I have friends who are really into Reiki as, as a healing platform and modality. I have people who are into reading. I have people who are into uh, meditation and just really centering themselves and, and being able to get their subconscious mind to, to do what they need and to go where they need. It's, it's, there's some powerful stuff out there. You guys know, I love good massage therapy. That to me is in, insane. I love acupuncture. One of my very first guests on a podcast ever was uh, one of my good friends who's an acupuncturist. And we learned a lot in that episode. I mean, her knowledge is extensive. You know, even the healing modalities from other places around the world, the shit is interesting. At least it is to me. So being open-minded to these conversations, it really is powerful. And it can absolutely change your life. It can change the course of your life. It can change your relationships with others, with yourself, with people that you've never even met yet. And I think too, for me, at least I feel seen and heard and validated in a very special way when I do readings, because it's like, I'm getting these channeled messages or I'm getting these divine downloads or, you know, cues from someplace else 
why not take advice from, from someplace else, right? From this higher power, from this outside unknown territory, right? Why not take that? Or even if you look at it from an ancestral, you know, background, what would your ancestors say? We're the first ones to have t-shirts that say, you know, I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. Okay, well, we're connected to them, right? Great. What would they say? What what are they thinking? How are they protecting you? There's another tweet that's always like, your grandmother's prayers are still protecting you or are still um, like active or something like that. And I think that's really powerful. So if that's the case, then let's go, let's go deeper into that. How can we? We watched that um, what was her name? The Long Island Medium. I don't remember her first name. Oh, it's gonna come to me later. And I'm gonna be like eating dinner in two hours and be like, oh, that's her name. That's Teresa Caputo. Teresa, that's right. You know, we see Teresa going around town telling people about folks that they've, you know what I mean? And that shit is wild. And so for me, I'm I'm here for it. I am here for it. Who is to say, who is to say this stuff isn't powerful? It's not going to work. It's not going to help, right? And I think defaulting to a negative outlook on it isn't really doing anybody a service. So I'm not necessarily trying to convince anybody. I'm just saying like, we go so hard for some things and we believe certain things, but then we choose not to be open to others. And I just challenge that. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, I don't know, then I suggest that you take that thought and you turn it into action and you do some research and you do some, you know, conversating, reach out to some people, ask some questions. You'd be surprised. Every single person I've met um, who does readings has been incredibly kind and open and just helpful. Like helpful as hell. Like that has been my experience. I have yet to meet someone who I felt was trying to swindle me out some bucks or tell me what I wanted to hear. I mean, honestly, half the people that I have met that I've done readings with were complete strangers. Like it was random. I was in Palm Springs walking down the street with my friend and we happened to pull up to this like spiritual store. It was like a spirituality store that sold, you know, incense and shit. And then they happened to have people doing readings in the back. And I was like, okay. And I sat down. Another time I was in New York, I was in Williamsburg and I was walking up. We went to a bar, I think, to go drinking. I don't even remember who I was with. And there was somebody doing readings. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like, I'm so down for that. And I did it in the middle of a fucking venue, like for brunch. And and then, of course, I've had people that I know do readings. So everybody, I can guarantee, knows somebody or has access to somebody who does readings. So my point is, check it out if you haven't done it. If you're curious, there's a lot to learn. And I would 1,000% be curious to hear what you learned, what you learned, what you gained, any insights you've had, et cetera. and, you know, Tanisha has availability. So there's always Tanisha. If you feel like there's a vibe there, you know, follow the vibes. That's what I recommend. Um, but I, I do want to shift and I want to talk about um, astrology. And then I want to get into genealogy. And then I want to get into the spring equinox. So let's talk about genealogy just a little bit. Give us, um, I mean, you mentioned that you did some research yourself, but what do you think that genealogy really provides folks that maybe they can't get someplace else? One of the main things that genealogy will give you is confidence in knowing that you have concrete roots. You know, it's an exacting of you coming out of the mindset or the phase of telling yourself, I don't know who the hell I am right now. What is this? Where is this coming from? Why, Why do I have this problem or pattern or cycle? Who did I inherit this from? And when you start digging into your genealogy, knowing who potentially 
cousins, second, third cousins, once and twice removed, you didn't know, that have a particular lifestyle, lived a particular lifestyle. Your, your three times great grandparents, if you didn't have enslaved or uh, ancestors that came through any of the islands or, or straight through from Africa, what are these traits that are innate to me that I cannot explain, but I have them and I own them, but I don't know if I'm using them properly. Am I honoring them properly? A great way to pay homage to your genealogy, and this is going to sound weird to a lot of people, is to, and I hate funerals, but I'm going to say this, but do funerals. We are beholden to remembering people through burial programs, <laughs> funeral cards. A funeral is an amazing place to understand what your genealogy is and what your lineage is. That that obituary is giving you your first cousin, set twice removed, how he or she is related to you. If you want to get into genealogy research, if you want to add that as a component to, to beefing up who you are solidly, not just saying, oh, I'm from Jersey. My people been here all this time. No, they haven't. <laughs> Dig deep into those roots. Shake them trees up to find out where you're. I had no idea that my grandmother visited Barbados four to five times a year because her people were from there. But this is explaining to me why for most of my life, I would see her catch flights, not feelings, and go here. And it wasn't until I started digging into her South Carolina, Charleston, or Chucktown through the Gullah Geechee history to find out that her people came through Barbados. That's an amazing, when people, you want to be able to give a concrete answer other than I'm from Jersey or I live in Jersey. You want to be able to say, yeah, my people came from South Carolina, but by way of Barbados, by way of this region of Africa. This is the, the importance of the genealogy. You want to know where you are? Start there, digging the roots. And you can start with yourself. You can start with yourself and then work your way up to your mom and dad. And then from your mom and dad, go through your grandparents. And from your grandparents, go through your great-grandparents. I'm one of the people that got a, got a surprise, but that's because I added the genealogy, the genetic genealogy bit to it, breaking down DNA. And that ties in with spirituality is majorly related to your DNA. Majorly. Yeah. I've read a book. I think it was, <clears throat> sorry, I read a book. It was uh, Deepak Chopra wrote a book on genes. and I read it randomly. I don't know where I got it from, if it was Kindle or at the library. But I remember going through this book and reading about, you know, different um, stories, like people's history and how that connected to the history of what was going on in the world at the time or in their country or city or whatever, and how that affected people for generations. And it was really, really interesting. Um, very, very interesting to the point where it's kind of creepy because you're like, I didn't know that. And it's it's really powerful stuff. So I think that alone is super, super, super interesting. And it absolutely will tell you things. I think it's like these little breadcrumbs that we get. So I think this leads us to the next part, which is about our birthright. So, or not our birthright, but like our birth chart. So when you get a reading, right, typically people will ask you about your birth chart. So can you explain to people like what the birth chart is and what it includes? Because it's 
what your location of where you were born, the date, uh, the full date, the time, and is there anything else that's included in that? And what does all of that essentially give to someone to give back to you in a reading? So exactly like your birth date, your birth time, um, your location, and truth be told, depending on what mode of astrology we're talking about, we could be talking about Vedic astrology. We could be talking about sidereal astrology, two different, three different uh, realms of knowledge when we're t- speaking of Western. I'm going to s- keep it to Western astrology. Your natal chart or your birth chart is your astrological makeup. It's your a- I'll say it's your astrological DNA, your astrological blueprint. And it gives you the gamut of all 12 zodiac signs. I like to say you add the 13th sign, which is the culmination of all of the zodiac signs. I'm a a huge proponent for saying that you're not just beholden to one realm of the zodiac you're all 12 plus one you add your own special source to it when you look at yourself as an individual when you sit in in your true reality of saying i'm not going to typecast myself as an aries today because i'm feeling real libra energy (laughs) um and i think it's an important note to make because a lot of individuals want to know what their birth chart is and they think that they have to go through whoever to to pay it you don't there's so many different um astrodynas cafe astrology these are also all places where i go to generate charts i i also draw charts like Every quarter, I make a new chart for myself by hand. Why? Because I want that transference of my own energy to go into it so I can get the proper knowledge extracted from that natal chart for the particular year that I'm working on. Um, If you don't know anything about astrology and your knowledge base is strictly on horoscopes and you only focus on your sun sign, you're doing yourself a huge disservice right? If you're into horoscopes and you're not a, a astromaniac like I am, I look at them all. <laughs> I'm not limiting anything because here's the thing. If you know what your ascendant sign is, if you know what your north node sign is, and you can, you can generate these things through cafeastrology.com and astrodynas, they'll give you what those things are based on you put it in your date of birth and your time of birth, right? And your location. Because they want to, they want to, the charts have to generate where the planets were aligned when you were born. Major key, right? And this is a free game for everyone. I'm currently working on something where I'm, I'm adding a breakdown of what the fourth, eighth, and twelfth houses are. And these particular houses will give you a culmination of what the shadow work is <laughs> you need to work on in order to get your shiznai together, right? Um, I'll, I'll give you an, a tip. An amazing author. She's amazing in the spirituality game, the astrology game. She, I just think she's an amazing wealth of knowledge. Uh, 
I want to get her name right because I always screw it up. Tayana Lee McQuiller. If you don't know who she is, look her up. Go find her on Instagram. Google her. Go buy her books. An amazing wealth of knowledge. She has a book out right now called Astrology for Mystics. And she's breaking down the water energy, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, and where they lie in your natal chart based on your fourth, eighth, and twelfth houses. Your fourth, eighth, and twelfth houses will give you what you need to work on in terms of your higher self, your inner child, and we can exclude the shadow work, the ego work. She's breaking down some of the telltale signs and blockages related to those particular houses in your natal chart that has tripped you up in life and probably has tripped you up for generations. Why you keep coming back here, reincarnating, learning the same lesson over and over again? Because you have not addressed these things within (laughs) your astrological makeup, right? And your birth chart, your natal chart, gives you the connection to the cosmos. You're wondering why at the full moon or at the new moon, you got all these aches and pains. You're wondering why during the full moon, you have insomnia up the wazoo. You're wondering why you feel lethargic during the full moon, but you want to be energetic. You want to, full moon is meant to rest. What does your moon sign tell you as it relates to the full moon? That's the part of astrology that I love because it's literally giving you the one up to say, this is a particular time frame where you need to chill and sit down and be reflective. Or we're moving into the spring equinox. You're going to be high energy. Do not dismiss anything that comes as a download to create. All of these things can be sussed out through your birth chart. And what is it? It's literally just a breakdown of timing based on the zodiac. And I, yeah, I think it's important that people know what their birth chart looks like so that when they go to do a reading of sorts, um, they can do that. And there are some apps out there. I know, what's one of them? Is it Co? What is it? Co what? I can't remember the name of it, but there's Co something. And then there's another one. Um, Which one do I have on my phone? Pattern is one of them. CoStar. One of them okay. got bad rep though. Was it CoStar that got a bad rep? I've never used CoStar, but Pattern, I love it because it's giving you, I feel like Pattern is very conversational, <laughs> right? If they ever mm-hmm. decide to add like audio to their, their verbiage, it, it will probably mess with people's heads because you're getting a me in the app. <laughs> you're getting someone that's not going to BS you about whatever you got going on based on the information you shared. And nine times out of 10, you're not sharing anything with pattern. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's just generating the information based on your data, your stats that you put in, which that's the way of the world. Think about, think about all of the astrologers that had to do this by hand without technology. (laughs) And now we have all of these fancy things where we can, we're at an amazing place where we can teach ourselves these things, but there's connectivity when you get it mm-hmm. with or for someone else. There's an, there's an energy exchange, right? And that's important. Shared experience, energy exchange, major part of 
what the spirituality is about as it pertains to astrology. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, most people don't like generic um, sort of advice. You know, most people are, and not to say that it's generic, right? It is based off of the information that you input, but there is something to be said about being able to ask a question to a human being. Uh, We've all been there trying to communicate with a company on their chat feature that's an automated bot. It's not fun. Um, You can get basic information, sure, but to get your... Uh, maybe like a specific channeled message, or if you have a question that's on your heart, or if you're going through something, or if you're planning for something, or if you just need guidance that's a little bit more specific to your situation, or you're having a hard time making a decision, there's a million reasons to go to an actual person. But I think if if you want to get the basics or um, just see kind of how some of this stuff works or what your chart even looks like, um, look it up. There's there's a lot of um, apps out there and and it's helpful to learn the basics. Um, I think that can be really interesting. And then too, right, you can bring questions from the apps that you have or the app, right, to an actual person, you know, and, and actual have actually have a conversation and sit down and go through what the app might be saying. Um, it's, it's really interesting. There's a lot of, and it definitely keeps you busy, you know, and, and motivated and on course in between readings as well. Um, so I think that's really cool. And it's also, you know, deeper than just having your horoscope read to you because I do follow a couple of meme pages and astrology pages on Instagram, and they kind of give you a general, um, idea of what your horoscope might be, but there's something to be said about having your full chart, you know, in a, in an actual system to get a little bit more tailored information. So yes, lots out there. And actually Tanisha, if you have some books or places where people can go to get that foundational information or knowledge, um, we'll put that in the show notes for you guys. If you guys are interested in learning more, um, you know, on top of speaking to someone just, you know, kind of casually or, or conversationally, but that's another thing to do. I'm a big researcher. I know Tanisha is too. We love researching, reading, learning, and um, expanding our, our knowledge base on some of this stuff. So I, I want to end this conversation around the spring equinox and how everything that we've essentially talked about, what that has to do with the seasons changing, with the world shifting, and what people can look forward to and, and just kind of have a mantra around as we move into this next phase of, of the 2021. Yeah. Like the spring equinox is an important time frame of the year. Um, look at it from like a globe perspective as it pertains to the fall equinox, which will be coming up within a six months time frame, beginning in September, right? Spring, we're getting the the blossoms <laughs> to show. We're getting the tulips and the vibrancy of the the plants and and the flowers and and the life is coming back with the spring equinox after being in this place of dormancy with the winter hibernation, right? And and it's different for us this year because hey, we've got the the it's it's the pandemic's anniversary. It's it's the pandemic's it's parallelograms first birthday. She turned one today, and we're trying to see if she's not as temperamental as she was when she first came through here last year. Right? The spring equinox this year, particularly for me, is and I've been waiting for this time frame to come up because spring is my season. <laughs> um I, I just love I love the shift in energy. I love the the change. I love the change in time. 
I'm going to get some flack for that. But I love it because we get extra sun time. Who, who doesn't need more vitamin D? <laughs> I know I do. Um, and it's really a time for us to put the wheels in motion for the things that we want to see happen in our lives, in our careers, in our businesses, in our relationships, in our romantic relationships, into motion. What are the things that we want to cultivate through this year? For me, and and you'll hear a lot of people say this, a lot of spiritualists say this, the spring equinox denotes to me the official new year. And February, January, February, those were just trial and error. We wanted to, January was so long, we wanted to throw the whole thing away, throw the whole month away. February only had 28 days and it felt like we were through the twilight zone. And it took, it took just a minute for February to get out of here, right? But the spring equinox, the vernal equinox is putting our earthly circadian rhythm back on track. It's like a, rec- a record player that was spinning backwards that's now going to be able to play the whole tune with no scratches, no skips, no jumps, no nickel needed on the arm through, right? In terms of feelings, in terms of what are some of the things that I need to set in place, you're going to have a surge of your creative energy. The last week I've executed some things and I'm like, where the hell did this come from? I don't know where it came from, but there was an unctioning for for me to get it done. And when I say unctioning, it's an urgent need and you don't know where the heck it came from. Like, I just know that I need to write this thing on my to-do list and execute it, right? That's the energy that this particular 2021 spring equinox is bringing. You have all of these amazing ideas, all of these downloads coming into you that can be a brand, can get your household in order, can shift the energy in a dormant relationship. You may be leaving a job. (laughs) You may be starting a new job. I have a lot of clients that are starting new jobs and they're like, if I would not have stayed the course to put this into motion, I would not be working going into this spring equinox. Spring equinox is is an amazing time to get your ducks in a row for how you want the remainder of your year to pop, to one-up yourself. What are some of the things last year that you put on the back burner that you told yourself that you couldn't do because of this, this, that, and the third? This particular spring equinox is giving you the opportunity to reignite those. What is the mantra for this spring equinox? Recompense. What is recompense? If there was a loss, I don't care what the loss was. If there was something that was taken away from you, someone betrayed you, a recompense means that those things that you pegged as a loss, those things that you pegged that, that were taken away from you, those betrayals are being set right. Okay, a recompense is a is a a phase where what was removed from you being given back to you and then some tenfold. I have been consistently telling a lot of my clients and those that that hop on a live when I hop on a live um, on Instagram, telling them to get in position to receive back some of the things that they thought they lost 10 years ago. 
I personally was giving back something that I lost as, as a child, as a jovial, innocent girl. I was giving back, giving it back. And if you're not prepared to receive something, because you don't want to, let's say you lost a job and, and they were telling you, you did all of these things wrong, but you know you didn't. And okay, you don't have that job anymore. There's something coming back around to vindicate you in the way they wronged you when they let you go from this job. And it may be that you're no longer an associate, but you're going to be an assistant. You may not be an assistant. You may be the director. We can't be in a space of questioning, do I deserve this? Is this really mine? How the hell did I get here? Am I having imposter syndrome? No. This is a time where recompense is exacting and you're being given back the things that you thought you lost. I, for one, had this obsession with, I lost time. I wasted time on this. I missed out on that. And boom, the creator was like, no, you didn't. Here, take these three degrees. (laughs) You, You bang them out in three years. But I was obsessing over the fact that, oh, I'm too old. <laughs> I don't have time to go back to school. And a way was made. And I was giving back the time that I thought I lost. Recompense is important to getting those things back. Not taking them, being things just falling into your lap. That were meant for you. But a, a situation arise, arose where shit got interrupted. And you probably got distracted and you probably allowed the wrong energy in your home and you probably was laying down with the wrong man or you probably was laying down with the wrong woman. And in order for you to learn the lesson that these people, these entities, these things, these nouns didn't need to be in your space, you had to lose something. And it's those losses at this particular time with the spring equinox that slowly but surely people are being given back. Spring is powerful. I mean, that's what I'm hearing. That's that's the vibe that I'm 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 getting from you. So is this why spring cleaning is so important when you talk about getting our ducks in a row? And it's actually really funny that you mentioned the ducks in a row because I've been thinking about a title for a course that I'm creating. And essentially I, I literally had the thought. Um I had the thought today, and this is so creepy. I hate it when this happens, but I love it at the same time because it's, it's, I don't know if it's affirmation or if it's like, it's just the universe being funny, but I had the thought I was in the kitchen and I was like, what if I called it like getting your ducks in a row, getting your business ducks in a row. And I'm literally following this trail. And then you say that, and it's like the first thing that like sticks to my head. Um, But to answer the question, right? So let me rephrase the question. So when it comes to spring cleaning and clearing away things and creating space, is that essentially what we're doing here is making space for the new stuff? Absolutely. If it's just been sitting there of no use to you and listen, it doesn't have to be a piece of furniture. It doesn't have to be that stack of books, you know, you need to take down to the Goodwill. It could be a person. (laughs) It could be a job. It could be a business idea that you're not meant to materialize and you're meant to do something else. But we have to sit with it and get real with it and hold space for the accountability to say, I don't need this anymore. This thing has been sitting here collecting dust. It can go because it has been 
no benefit to me. Exact a minimalist mindset when you want new things to come in to you. The spring equinox, I'm a major proponent of, I mean, you know, with a grandmother like I had, you had to do spring cleaning and you had to start at the end of winter. She didn't want you starting when spring finally hit, trying to get the baseboards and wash the wall. She wanted it done. And we kind of like got away from that as we, we venture out and become our own people and our own living on our own, right? We got to get, make that priority, right? One of the things, and this is free game for, for the listeners. If you really want power in your household, we're going to segue into Reiki really quick, really quick, right? And this is something that I teach during um, my spiritual conversations and channel messages, right? Your doorway, your entryway, your threshold to your home, clear that space. There should be nothing there. Move it. If you have stuff, shoes, clean that space, sweep it, cleanse it, mop it. Why are we doing this? The threshold to your home is where you let the most massive amount of energy in, whether you're letting someone in or not. Clear the space. If you have a coat rack, kind of like shift it away from the door. Blessings come in through the door. This is why the superstition says for New Year's, it has to be a man that comes in through the door because men are said to bring luck for the New Year. Can't be a woman coming into your house. You know, old Southern (laughs) superstition, right? But clear your doorways. If you have more than one doorway in your house, your bedroom door, there's clear your doorways. Every doorway in my apartment has to be cleared, cleansed, and clean. Um, but yeah, it, and it opens up a clearer space. And when your your space is clear, your energy is clear. When your energy is clear, your mind is clear. And when your mind is clear, you're not questioning whether this idea that just came into your head is something that you can execute. You know, in your heart of hearts, you can execute it because if you couldn't, why would you think it? (laughs) You know? Mm, Yeah. I mean, that doesn't, that makes sense. And I love the idea of, of cleaning your doorway, your entryway. I think that's a huge takeaway for people who are listening, um, who are looking for something that they can do immediately. So, you know, one thing that we recommended is doing a little bit of research if you're so inclined. Some people are like, I don't have time for that. I just want to talk to an expert. Cool. Um, Then you can, you know, hit Tanisha up on the Instagram worlds and, you know, just look into it slowly, right? It doesn't always have to happen immediately or overnight. Sometimes it does, um, but it's up to you. So, you know, if you want to do that research, if you want to find out what your chart looks like, if you want to talk to someone and get a reading, cool, you have these options. Um, if you want to look into some of these different modalities more, cool. I will absolutely link a lot of this stuff in the show notes. Um, that way you have it. Um, and I did actually want to plug a book you were in, or essentially you were in, but th- this book is called We, W-E, and it's by Miss Vivian Cook. And I will put her handle, uh, which is elitica underscore I-L-L-I-T-I- CA underscore. Um, I will put that in the, in the show notes for you guys, but you, there was a character in the book that you were featured after, right? Where can people find this book? Oh my goodness. It's, it's exclusively through her, um, the link on her Instagram, um, started off as a Kickstarter, did really well. Um, I supported her 
as someone in the background, as you know that I do, like <laughs> I'm your smoking gun. You don't have to tell anybody about me. Tuck me in your in, in your back pocket. I'm there for you. But she blossomed as this person. This she's an amazing creative, first and foremost. And I love her to death. And what's funny is I've never even met her. <laughs> okay. I've been connected to her for 10 years, a, a dec a solid decade. And she trusts me. She confides in me and I support her creative ability. Look, I'm plugging her. This is what we're supposed to do. This is a, this is an energy transfer. This is an energy exchange, but I'm a character in the book. I would not say which character you guys have to check the book out and, you know, come back, leave some comments on, um, the spill and, and let me know, or just go check out Vivian at, Alitica and, and tell her that you heard about her book on network and spill with Whitney. And yeah, like she's awesome. Like she's all things erotic. <laughs> mm, okay. All the things. And you know, Venus, Venus is Venus is active right now. So if you're feeling that way, this is a good time to go look at some of her words and her imagery. Awesome. Awesome creative. Yeah. I love that. And it's, it's, yeah, I'm here for it. I love the plugging and, and just, you know, being a supporter of other people, it's really powerful. And I think it's how we make a difference. It's how we affect other people's lives. And even if we have not connected in person, right, you and I have not met in person, um, but it is, it's a powerful connection. You don't necessarily need to be face-to-face. -face. I mean, one thing we've all learned during COVID is that a lot of stuff can happen on the interwebs, like via camera. And it, even though it may not always be ideal, it is a great stand-in for being able to meet in person. And a lot of amazing and a beautiful, a lot of beautiful opportunities can happen from just being virtual and just connecting, you know, organically that way. So definitely appreciate your support. I'm sure Vivian appreciates your support too, obviously. And um, I will link all that in the show notes for y'all, but make sure you're following Tanisha on the gram at the.over.com ambitious.1 on Instagram and, and just, you know, connect with us. Let me know what you thought about the episode. If you've ever had a reading done, I'd love to hear what your takeaway was or maybe where you had the reading or when you had the reading. Cause that's sometimes really special too. I always remember like where I was and what was going on. Um, but I'm excited. So thank you so much, Tanisha. I, uh, I'm so glad we did this. Spring is yeah. coming. Um, yes. Yes. Got a lot to look forward to. Absolutely. And, you know, I hope people keep up with saying, hey, I heard you say this on Network and Spill and you said this and boom, it, it came into fruition. So I'm excited to see what comes of this. Yeah. I am too. I am too. And you know, it's interesting. So I moved into this apartment in, in uh, September of 2020. And so when I moved in, it was the end of summer and the leaves literally changed a few weeks after I moved in. Like all the leaves, I have this really cool view out of a couple of rooms in the apartment and all these, all these leaves turned and they turned this beautiful auburn. And then like some of them were like burgundy. And then all of a sudden, like they all fell and things got naked. All the trees were bare and it's been really cool just like looking at the naked trees, but I'm noticing buds are starting to emerge. So there's buds. Some of them actually have red buds, which I thought was kind of interesting, but I am so excited to see these trees 
bloom. Um, in addition, you know, I love my plants. So I'm excited to get some new plants and to see some, you know, particular plants bloom, you know, the annuals. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the changes that are coming. So if you're going through a change or you want to go through a change or you want just some advice, book a reading and uh, let us know how it goes. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tanisha. Very welcome. Thank you. Yay. All right, y'all. Well, we'll see you next time on Network and Spill. Definitely make sure you leave us a comment, leave us a review, rate the show, all of that on Apple Podcasts. And um, make sure you're following me, Whitney Danielle Co. underscore on the gram. And uh, Tanisha and I will go live and we'll do maybe like a mini reading. We'll do something fun on Instagram. So make sure you're following us and uh, you stay tuned for that. But uh, thanks, guys. And we'll catch you later. Bye.